0: So, how did Jesus raise Jairus' daughter from death? Well, he was Jesus, right? He just said the word and someone was healed. But there was actually a spiritual methodology, if you will, and mindset that were crucial to Jesus healing someone, especially in the case of Jairus' daughter. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 112. Today, we're going to talk about how Jesus healed Jairus' daughter. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful that you're here listening today. And while you're listening, think of someone who might really appreciate today's message. It might be just what they need to hear. Today, we're going to be talking about how Jesus healed Jairus' daughter. You probably know the story. It's in Mark chapter 5, starts in verse 22. It's a kind of a two-part story and we're going to go into details here to sort of set the scene. Jesus was out preaching as he often was. He was walking with the crowds. And some days Jesus was a pretty busy fellow. People clamored around him to hear his words of wisdom, to ask for healing, or just to be near him. I mean, wouldn't you and I do the same thing? One day he was making his way through the crowds. When one of the local synagogue officials, a man named Jairus, came up and asked him to come to his home to heal his dying daughter, well, naturally Jesus said he would be happy to go with him. You can read this whole story in Mark chapter five, verses twenty-two through forty-three. It's also in Luke eight forty-one through fifty-six, and there's a shorter version in Matthew. Jairus was a local. Jewish leader and it may seem odd that he waited until his daughter was on the verge of dying to ask Jesus for healing now we don't know all the circumstances he could have been trying to find Jesus for days or maybe he was hesitant to go to Jesus because of how other Jewish religious leaders had disapproved of Jesus's ministry we don't know so perhaps it's not really important to the story what we do know is his daughter was on the verge of death and that he came to Jesus and asked him to come and heal his daughter. That shows us something about Jairus that's really important. Regardless of the circumstances, he did come to Jesus for help. He had faith that Jesus could help him and save his daughter. Can you imagine the relief he must have felt When he found Jesus, and when Jesus agreed to come, it must have been an immense burden lifted off his shoulder. All of a sudden, he had renewed hope that his daughter would be healed. We found out later she was only 12 years old. There's something else that's important here. Sometimes we hear that in Bible times, people didn't value daughters as much as they did sons. So here's another thing that's clear about Jairus. He loved and valued his daughter enough to search for Jesus and ask for help. So Jesus agrees to come and heal the little girl, and just as they start making their way through the crowd, all of a sudden Jesus stops and asks, who touched me? His disciples are with him. And they're a bit perplexed because the crowd is shoving and pushing Jesus around to try to get close to him. And all of a sudden, he's asking who touched him. Everyone was touching him. Everyone was pushing on him. But Jesus knew someone had touched him with a very specific plea for help. And he asked again, who touched me? A woman in the crowd came forward trembling, and explained that she had convinced herself that if she could just touch the hem of his garment she believed she would be healed of a hemorrhage that had plagued her for 12 years and had eluded the efforts of the physicians to help her in fact she'd spent all of her money on doctors trying to get healed have you ever wondered why this woman thought that if she touched the border of jesus's clothes that she would be healed well she must have heard the stories of people being healed by Jesus, and that probably gave her hope and faith that she could be healed too. But I got to wondering if there was something else going on. Was there another reason that she wanted to touch the hem of his clothes? I found this reference in the book of Numbers, chapter 15, verses 37 through 40. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. And bid them that they make fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a riband of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them, and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, that you may remember and do all my commandments, and be holy unto your God. These fringes or tassels in the border or hem of the garment were supposed to remind the Israelites to obey God's commandment and to be holy. The woman who sneaked up behind Jesus to touch his clothes was probably well aware of this. It was part of the Jewish culture. I think she was reaching out to touch and acknowledge Jesus's holiness and obedience to God's commandments. To her, it must have seemed like a pretty reasonable thing to do. She had convinced herself that all she needed to do was to touch his clothes to be healed. Now, for whatever reason, she didn't feel comfortable coming up to Jesus directly to ask for healing. Maybe she was embarrassed and shy. But more likely, She knew she shouldn't even be out in public with this bleeding problem, and certainly not in a crowd where she might touch people, because according to Jewish law, women in this kind of situation were considered unclean, and they weren't supposed to be around other people. She didn't want to make a scene, but that's exactly what happened. Jesus, in all his compassion, stops and deals with her so tenderly. She thought she was healed because she touched his clothes, but Jesus corrected this misconception. He said it was her faith that healed her, not touching the hem of his garment. But the healing of the physical problem was not all she needed to be healed of. After the physical healing, Jesus said, this is Mark 5 verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. It's one thing to be healed physically, but to let go of all the mental and emotional baggage associated with a long-term illness is another thing altogether. I think Jesus was telling her that she was free not just from the physical problem, But from all the burdens of the past 12 years as well. She had a right to be completely free from any bad effects from the past. So here's this wonderful healing. The crowd sees it and is once again impressed and inspired by Jesus. No wonder they were all wanting to hang out with him. No wonder they were all crowding around him. But let's get back to Jairus. Remember, He's standing there waiting for Jesus. If you had been Jairus, how would you be feeling at that moment? I think I would have been pretty impatient. I probably would have been thinking, Jesus, this lady can wait. We all know her. She's had this problem for years. My daughter is about to die. My need is more urgent than hers. Why don't you come back to her after you heal my daughter? but it's probably not the best thing to interrupt Jesus while he's healing someone, so Jairus kept quiet, hoping, hoping, hoping Jesus will get to his daughter in time. Finally, Jesus finishes talking to the woman who touched his garment, and right at that moment, word comes from Jairus' house that his daughter is dead, so there's no need for Jesus to come after all. Poor Jairus. What an emotional roller coaster. Look at the ups and downs he's just been through. He's worried about his daughter, but when he finds Jesus, his hope is renewed. With the delay because of the woman touching Jesus' garments, he's worried all over again that it will be too late. He starts to anticipate Jesus wrapping up the conversation with this woman, and his hope is rekindled once again, but then it's dashed completely when he hears, that his little girl is dead put yourself in jairus's sandals think of all the thoughts that instantly start to fly around in your mind in this kind of situation why didn't i come sooner why did jesus have to talk to this woman so long but jesus didn't give those doubts and fears even a moment to wreak havoc on jairus he said simply this is Mark 5:36 Do not be afraid only believe Have you ever felt like the rug was pulled out from under you from some tragedy and that everything seemed lost and your faith was just crushed That's how Jairus felt When you're in a challenging situation listen for the voice of Christ saying to you just like he said to Jairus don't be afraid. Just believe in me and everything will be okay. It's really important here to point out that Jesus did not say, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't get there in time. It must have been God's will that your daughter wasn't healed. God called her home. Some Christians say that sort of thing today. But Jesus never did. We should adopt his attitude and follow his example. Jesus could have healed Jairus' daughter the minute her father first asked him for help. He didn't have to be physically present to heal her, and he could have raised her with a word right where he was when they got the word that she was dead but there was more to be healed than just a little 12-year-old girl. Jairus needed to be healed of his fear, his despair, and any self-condemnation he might be feeling for not getting to Jesus sooner. And Jesus didn't just tell him not to be afraid. He put feet on his words and started walking to Jairus' home. Jesus' body language spoke loud and clear, He was going to bring healing to the situation. Once more, imagine if you had been Jairus. What would you be thinking as you walked with Jesus to your home, having just heard the bad news that your daughter had died? What was Jesus' body language saying to Jairus? I wasn't there and I didn't see it, but I'm sort of reading between the lines I doubt if Jesus was taking timid little steps wondering what the outcome would be when he got to Jairus' home. He could only have walked with spiritual assurance and confidence knowing already what the outcome would be. Jairus may have picked up on this and wondered if he'd dare to hope once more. We don't know what they talked about or if they even talked at all. But by the time they arrived at Jairus' home, I think this previously distraught father was feeling a little more at peace because Jesus was at his side, acting like everything was going to be okay. One of the interesting details in this story in Mark chapter 5 is verse 37. When they went to Jairus' home, Jesus did not let anyone follow him except. Peter, James, and John. He was only taking with him a few people who had complete confidence in who Jesus was and what Jesus could do. This is part of Jesus's approach to healing this situation. Well, when they finally arrive at Jairus's home, there are mourners there weeping and wailing. Well, it's no wonder everyone felt the tragedy of this little girl's death. But Jesus made a simple declaration that broke that spell of grief. He said, this is verse 39, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. Now imagine if you had been one of those mourners. What would you be thinking? Ha! Are you crazy, Jesus? we know she's dead we saw her verse 40 says they laughed at him and the greek word here for laugh means to laugh with scorn verse 40 goes on and says that he put all these mourners out he shut the door on them and he only took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and he went into where the child was he only took the hopeful, trusting thought with him into that room. When you're praying about a serious situation, sometimes you need to kick out the naysayers. Let's go back and look at the mourners again, though. Now, instead of mourning the girl, they have switched to scorning Jesus with their harsh laughter. But I think that's exactly what Jesus intended. He knew how they would respond he had to deal with all their negativity and reroute it their thought needed to be healed as well and at this point maybe they'd changed their thinking with about a 90 degree turn but he wasn't done with them yet now again you're one of these mourners jesus has just shut you out and gone into the house as though he was going to do something this had another effect on their thinking and was part of the bigger healing. Again, how would you feel? What would you be thinking if you were one of those mourners? You've just been kicked out of the house. You were showing your love and support in the best way you knew how, and Jesus comes along and makes some hurtful remark about the little girl not being dead. I would have probably been pretty upset and wondered how on earth Jesus could say such an insensitive thing. Imagine how the conversation might have gone among the mourners. That guy Jesus is just too much. Who does he think he is? That little girl is dead. I saw her. Why did he kick us out? What does he think he's going to do? Well, you know, I saw him heal a blind man the other day. If he had gotten here sooner, I think he could have healed her. Well, he sure walked in there like he was going to do something. I wonder what he's doing in there. Now, I realize this conversation is just my own imagination, so please take it in that spirit. I'm not trying to add anything to the Bible. I just want to get the full meaning. And to understand everything going on in the story, it's helpful to look at things from the perspective of everyone involved. By shutting these mourners out, Jesus was not just shutting out the doubting negative attitudes these people had he was actually giving them a moment to think more clearly. His bold declaration that the little girl wasn't dead, along with his body language as he entered the home, said he was going to do something. He turned those folks from mourning to derisive laughter and perhaps to curiosity as to what he was doing inside. Then, when they see the little girl alive, they can say with Jesus, she's not dead. It's a complete 180-degree shift in their thinking by the time it's all over. This is so typical with Jesus. He always deals with the thoughts of those he heals as well as the thoughts of those around the one he heals. It's all part of the bigger healing. So, how did Jesus raise Jairus's daughter from death? Well, he was Jesus, right? He just said the word and someone was healed. But there was actually a spiritual methodology, if you will, and mindset that were crucial to Jesus healing someone, especially in the case of Jairus' daughter. Jesus was imbued with the awareness that God's kingdom is here on earth. The keynote of his gospel message was always, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus knew that in this kingdom there is no death. We know this from Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. Jesus came to bear witness to this truth. That's why he could proclaim the little girl was not dead. He knew that spiritually in the kingdom of heaven, which he could see was at hand, she was alive. His spiritual vision pierced through the dark mists of human perspectives about life and death. Jesus did not make his conclusions about what was possible to God based on what the five material senses told him. In fact, he said we can't rely on those senses to be able to judge a situation correctly. This is John seven twenty four. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. If Jesus had judged the condition according to what appeared on the surface to be true, he would not have been able to raise Jairus's daughter. He saw beyond what his ears and eyes were telling him, and bore witness to what was true in the kingdom of heaven. This is what judging rightly or righteous judgment is all about, seeing what is true in the kingdom of heaven. Because he saw beyond the appearance of things, the outward picture, he acted differently than everyone else who only saw what their human faculties told them. So Jesus took the hand of this lifeless form and told her, little girl, get up, fully knowing that she would respond. And of course she did. Imagine if you had been in the room with Jesus, the parents of the little girl, and Peter, James, and John. What can you and I learn from this story of Jairus' daughter, and how can it apply to our lives? Is it possible for you and me to have that same confidence Jesus did when we pray for ourselves or for someone else? Well, in principle, the answer is yes but in practice, it's not always the case. But it is possible since Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. When we see and think and act with this mind of Christ, we'll have the same awareness that heaven is at hand and we will heal as Jesus did. I know this is true because i have seen it with my own eyes when you read the story of jairus and the woman who touched Jesus' clothes think about how it relates to your life do you have the same expectancy of healing they did do you think that since jesus is not here physically that we can't be healed in the same way the spirit of christ is present today To heal us, to take away our doubts and fears, to walk with us, to calm us, to correct our misguided faith, and more than anything else, to reveal how much God loves us and how worthy we are of his love. Will you search for Christ in the highways and byways of today's world with the crowd pushing and shoving for attention, as Jairus? sought for jesus will you reach out to touch the hem of christ's garment the purity and compassion that heal or better yet will you put on the christly garments of heavenly inspiration and christlike mindedness that is fully aware of the healing presence of the kingdom of heaven here and now jesus has walked in the way to show us the way He is the way. All we have to do, and it sounds so easy just to say the words, is follow in his footsteps, one step at a time, and we can do this. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful you tuned in. If you can think of someone who might appreciate today's message, please share it with them. If you are new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I encourage you to subscribe. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form, and you're all set. And if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, I would love to hear from you. Again, go to the website and click on the contact tab in the menu bar, and I'll be in touch. I look forward to hearing from you. As always, I'll have in the show notes for today's episode all the Bible references that I mentioned today. You can find those at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 112. This is episode 112. Again, I want to thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you, and I thank you for all the many ways that you have been supportive of this podcast. That's it for today. Thanks again so much for listening. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a wonderful week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless.